Okay, so in the next four weeks, we're going to uh, get to know our knees and how our knees fit into the big picture of the whole. The knees are pretty interesting joint. Um, why don't you come up to stand and we'll start standing up. Uh, so, okay, as you stand over your feet, your knees, knees are interesting. They don't do much. Knees are like a hinge. They go like this, right, in terms of a movement. What do they do? They do this. There's a little bit more complexity because there's a few bones in there that do some stuff, although in most of us as adults in our world, probably they don't do very much of that at all, and you can really get some changes in your knees and hips and feet, everything above, by doing that. But because the knee's pretty, got a pretty restricted diet of what it does, how it gets weight and how it transmits weight and how it transmits force is going to have a lot to do with how you organize everything else because there's really not all that much you can do in the knee you can fold it you can straighten it and when you're walking you kind of the weight goes onto it when it's lined up right so there's a little mushing around in the knee and the ankle you can do but otherwise your knee's going to have a lot of opinions and a lot of feelings about what you can do with everything else and where you can keep your head over your knee and how you're Shoulders can adjust and how your chest can let it happen and your pelvis and hips and everything. So so the knee itself has got a lot of context around it. So, But if you just stand, um, a lot of what we can feel about how we're using our knees, you're going to feel on the bottom of your feet. So do you feel the weight? Is it different on each foot? Heavier on one foot than the other or more on the inside of the foot, more on the outside of the foot? If you're just standing still, where would, where's the place on your foot that you feel the most weight go through? From the heel, forwards, backwards, inside, outside, and on the ball of the foot, more towards the big toe, ball of the foot, little toe, where? And if you just very slightly bend one knee, your right knee, and then unbend it, Imagine kind of, it's like you're looking down from above and you can see the outline of your foot and you can see your knee like a dot. Where is it moving? Is it moving over the inside of your foot, very slightly, over the middle of your foot, or over the outside of your foot, your right knee? As you look down on it from an imaginary helicopter view from above. That's kind of a visual feeling. Now you'll feel it just as pressure in the bottom of your foot. You bend your knee and does it go more to the inside or the middle or the outside? Maybe even just paying attention to that for a bit. You feel you want to adjust something, you want to move your foot. Maybe your foot's not really where your knee wants your foot to be. Go ahead and make little adjustments like that whenever you feel that the movement has woken something up that says, hmm, I need to adjust. And then try it with your left knee. If you bend your left knee just a little bit. And then straighten it again. What part of your foot, of the front of your foot, is that tracking over? To the inside. Which toe, which toe of the ball of the foot is it going over? And how easy is it to answer questions like that? It's always very important. It can be very vague. It can be like, what? What is she talking about? Yeah. 
yeah, that's all right. So Feldenkrais, it's like, especially at the beginning, it's kind of like letting your eyes adjust to the dark. You know, it's like, really? I'm not used to feeling that level of detail. And if you can't feel it yet, there's good reasons why. You can feel more detail, the less extra effort and wasted effort in the muscles that's going into the work. So kind of the more work your muscles are doing, actually, the less detail you can feel. There's a kind of a neurological law that explains that. Um, so the more we just develop our refinement and our ability to use just as much energy and effort as we need to do a movement and no more, then you feel more and more of the detail. So it's kind of going to develop. It's kind of like letting your eyes adjust to the dark, I would say. If you bend both your knees at once, can you feel this? Do your knees go towards one another or do they go farther away from one another? Okay, and then leave that and come and lie on your back and we'll spend the rest of the time tonight on our back. So there's a great reason why we spend so much time lying on our back in Feldenkrais and that's also what I just said, the more the less background effort you're putting into everything, the less tightness in your muscles that you don't need, the more you're going to feel and the more you're going to be able to do something new, try something new because in standing you've got all of your habits completely engaged to keep yourself from falling over, right? So one of Feldenkrais's favorite uh, comments about Freud, Sigmund Freud, he said Sigmund Freud was a genius because he figured out if you lie down on your back you're more likely to think a new thought or change a deep pattern, right? So that's why we're... Now, it's a very different context. It's not talk therapy. And we don't have a theory about, you know, stages of development behind it, quite the way Freud did. But uh, um, lying down in your back now, you're in a different... All the habitual things you do with your spine, with your back muscles, with your abdominal muscles, you don't need to do them now. You're still doing some residual part of them, but... They're much, much toned down. They're much uh, less loud. So less background noise when you're lying on your back. And so just feel for a moment how you're resting on your back. Feel how each leg lies. How turned in, how turned towards the ceiling the toes of each foot are or turned out to the side. Probably one foot is more turned out to the side and one foot more turned towards the ceiling. And it's interesting to see if you can feel that internally. And then go ahead and have a peek and check if what you see with your eyes matched what you felt inside. Might or might not. And feel how your back rests on the floor, the length of your spine, your buttocks on each side. If it feels heavier on one side than the other. And the space behind your low back. The place behind your low back where you're not really resting on the floor. You might not even be touching the floor. And how far up your back does that go? Where's the first place your spine or your ribs in your upper back? Where's the first place it touches the floor? Kind of between your shoulders or below your shoulders or where is it?
Okay, and then bend your knees and stand your feet. And um, although we're, I use this phrase all the time, if you come to classes for a while, you hear this, bend your knees and stand your feet all the time. Um, and we don't often stop to feel that what we're doing right now is you really are standing your knees over your feet as though you were standing on your feet and standing your whole body on your feet. But here we've taken a bunch of it out of the equation. You've just got your knees standing over your feet. And a really ask yourself, how much is that a vertical line? How close are your knees to standing over your feet? Is it more of an angle? Or is your knee right over your heel or right over your midfoot somewhere? And don't adjust things necessarily. Just feel how you're using your feet now. Your knees over your feet. And like this, the weight on your feet, where is it? Is it more towards the inside or the outside, different on one foot than it is on the other? That lower leg, your um, shin bone, is so strong, they say an elephant could come and sit on your knee. And if you're lined up properly, your bones would take that perfectly fine. And people who trained with Moshe Feldenkrais, when he taught this method, many of them have memories of Moshe coming (laughs) and lowering his giant bottom towards their knee (laughs) in the belief that in a situation of emergency, their automatic and smart nervous system would take over and put their foot in exactly the right place to bear that weight. If you see someone's great big heavy bum coming towards your knee and you know you have to bear that weight, you will. You will suddenly readjust your foot and find where it needs to be. So if, let's not imagine... um, an elephant sitting on your knee, but imagine maybe your cat comes along and climbs on top of your knee. So if just a little bit, just a few pounds of weight were added on top of your left knee, just do that in your imagination. Just add that idea of a few pounds of weight coming to rest on your left knee and feel how that goes down your long shin bone and into the floor, into your foot. Does it make your heel a little heavier, your midfoot, does the arch of the midfoot spread that weight out on your whole foot? Try just, it's like an imaginary feeling and you probably actually make it a little bit real, push slightly with your foot, but just with the idea that a little bit of weight on your foot is pressing into the, pressing your foot into the floor, the weight coming from your knee. Just a couple of times. And then your other knee. So if something comes, again, your cat uh, shifts over to sit on top of your other knee, just a few pounds of pressure. And you feel that come down into the floor. Do you get heavier on your heel? Do you get heavier all around on your foot? Is it distributed by the arch? On the inside of your foot, the outside of your foot.
and leave that and stretch out your legs and take a rest. Again, bend your knees and stand your feet. And begin now to roll your pelvis, roll your pelvis a little bit so that the back of your belt comes towards the floor, up and down. So you roll your pelvis so that your low back moves more towards the floor. It's like the place where a belt would go around your hips, goes back towards the floor. And then you roll your pelvis forward so your lower back lifts a little from the floor. It's not like a whole big exercise, pelvic tilt or lifting your pelvis or anything. It's just gently rolling your pelvis on the floor. And you can even imagine, imagine there's kind of like a clock face on the floor underneath your pelvis. And the heaviest place of your pelvis, when you start at the resting place, that's right in the middle of the clock face where the hands are attached. And there's 12 o'clock is up towards under your belt, so you just roll the weight up towards under your belt. And 6 o'clock is down towards your coccyx, so you roll the weight of your pelvis down towards your coccyx. And your back comes away from the floor and moves towards the floor as you roll your pelvis up and down. And at the beginning, do this now like using your feet. So you're pressing slightly with your feet, using a little bit of pressure from your feet to roll your low back towards the floor, to roll up towards 12 o'clock. And then you can almost imagine like your feet are hooked into the ground and you're pulling on the ground to roll your pelvis towards 6 o'clock. So in a very, partly very real and partly imaginary way, you're using your feet to... Push to help roll your pelvis up and pull to help roll your pelvis down. And as you do that, notice if you feel a little bit in your neck, your chin nodding. It should feel up your spine, the length of your spine, your chest, your breathing. It's very easy. Everything we do, we're doing less than your maximum. And as you do that, do your knees move anywhere? Or do they stay pretty much standing over your feet? How are you using your knees? Okay, and then leave that. Stay with your feet standing. Just take a moment. Pause for a moment. And now you've got this image that your pelvis is resting on a clock behind you. And you've just been going from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And now start to take your pelvis, roll your pelvis so that you're rolling it between 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock. So it's like 
Three o'clock could be under your left hip joint and nine o'clock under your right hip joint. So you're rolling your pelvis from side to side easily. It doesn't have to be a big movement at all. Feel how easily your the weight rolls to three o'clock behind the one hip joint, nine o'clock behind the other. Could be quite different from one side to the other. And notice what your knees do as you roll between three o'clock and nine o'clock. Do your knees go a little bit from side to side or do they go a little bit up and down, a little bit more in the direction towards below your feet and towards your head? Are they more like they're sort of waving from side to side to move your pelvis or are they more like kind of pistons that are driving forwards as your pelvis rolls from side to side? I know nothing about what pistons are like. This is just what I imagine what pistons are like. And where does the weight go under your feet and the soles of your feet? As you roll to the left, as you roll to the right, to 3 o'clock, to 9 o'clock. And then leave that and stretch out and take a rest. I teach in an environment during the day where just about uh, all of my effort and focus is on trying to get as much content across as quickly as possible. <laughs> and Feldenkrais is kind of the opposite. Your whole job as a teacher in Feldenkrais is to slow everybody down until they can notice all sorts of things they never would have noticed. They tried to go quickly. Very different dynamic. So it's one reason for doing everything easily and within your comfort range is that we're going to spend a lot of time playing with the same movements all, all evening. So always important. Even though it's we're doing small movements, you might think, well, I'm not doing anything extreme anyway, but um, it adds up. So really always within your comfort range. So bend your knees again and stand your feet. And now we've just been visiting four particular hours on this clock, 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock and 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock. And now let's uh, get to know the whole clock. So roll your pelvis up 
towards 12 o'clock. And then instead of going straight down, go down and a little bit out to the side like you're going towards 1 o'clock and then back to 12 o'clock. So you're just starting out on the arc around the left side of your pelvis. You just go a little bit to 1 o'clock and then back to 12 o'clock. And then when you've got that pretty clear, you can go to 2 o'clock. we go to 12, 1, 2. And then back 1 and 12. And then keep going to 3 o'clock so that you're taking this uh, spot on your pelvis, the heavy place on your pelvis. You've brought it up to 12 o'clock and you're rolling your pelvis, shifting your pelvis, adjusting your pelvis so that the weight goes, the weight travels from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock and then back on that quarter. So you're tracing out an arc on the floor. Imagine you're kind of moving your weight around to follow that upper left hand quadrant of the clock to 3 o'clock and then back up to 12 o'clock. And then can you continue past 3 o'clock and get to 4 o'clock? And at any time you can readjust your clock. You might have realized you started very ambitiously. You thought your clock was going to be twice as big as it's going to be. Maybe it's going to be a smaller clock because you still got to get all the way to 6 o'clock without straining yourself. So you go as far as 4 o'clock and then back through 3, 2, 1, and 12. And the next time you can continue to 5 o'clock, so you've come almost around to the bottom. And you make it continuous, but you notice each hour when you go through it. So you're not... It's really interesting because there's going to be blind spots in this clock, places that you don't go to as easily. So if you really notice each hour as you continuously move through it, you'll find out all sorts of things. And then continue all the way around to 6 o'clock. So you're doing the whole left half of the clock. 6, 5, 4... Three, two, And then leave that and stretch out your legs and take a rest. And notice really how the whole left side of yourself feels and the whole right side of yourself. And whether that concentration and awareness on the left side of your pelvic clock leaves you feeling differently. All up your left side to right side. Your left eye around the left side of your mouth. Then again, bend your knees and stand your feet. And roll up to 12 o'clock and now go towards 11 o'clock. So you trace out, go to the right. Just one hour, just begin the arc to the right and then come back to 12 o'clock. 
And then when you've done that a couple of times, you can continue on to 10 o'clock. How clear is that to get to? How easy? And then to 9 o'clock. So you've got the whole upper left quadrant of the clock you're following now. Trace from 12 o'clock, noticing each hour as you pass through to 9 o'clock. And continue past 9 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And then 7 o'clock. And then continue all the way through down to 6 o'clock. So you're doing the whole left, right, right uh, side of the clock face. then you can actually continue around the circle so you go instead of turning and going back halfway keep on going so you're doing the whole clock in a counterclockwise direction now going through each hour on the clock and each quarter and notice by the way what uh, probably you might be I'm just going to guess you might be concentrating pretty hard at this point it's like I've given you a a pretty tough cognitive test. And what do we do when we concentrate hard? Maybe we hold our breaths. Maybe we stare with our eyes, tighten our chin, our jaw. So just check those things. Are your hands relaxed? Are you breathing? Your neck and jaw relaxed so your head can go wherever. Your eyes can go wherever. They're not fixed and staring, trying hard. As you continue around the clock and feel, find the hours that are easier, the hours that are less easy and let them become easier. Maybe your head nods a little bit or makes a little bit of a circle itself. Does your head know that your pelvis is doing this? Interesting. And if it doesn't, what's stopping somewhere in between your head and your pelvis? What's stopping it? And then turn that circle around with your clock behind your pelvis and go the other direction. Go clockwise now. And feel what that's like going clockwise. And notice what you do with your knees. So as you... Trace around the clock behind your pelvis. Do your knees go a little bit from side to side? Do they stay standing over your feet? Do they do a little piston movement up and down? 
Where do your knees go? And if you try to do it by leaving your knees standing, leaving your knees in the vertical, maybe they can go a little bit up and down, but they don't go from side to side. How easy is it to do this circle behind your pelvis without letting your knees go from side to side? So with your knees really staying standing over your feet, maybe they're going to go a little bit up and down, maybe in the direction of your toes, in the direction of your hips, but not from side to side. What are the hours that become more challenging on your clock if you can't take your knees from side to side? Good. Well, that was an interesting question. So just leave it alone and stretch out your legs and take a rest. And then bend your knees again and stand your feet. And bring your left leg up over your body so that you can hold on to your left knee or under your left knee or your left pant leg just so that you're kind of supporting your leg, keeping it in the air like this. And um, maybe more around the top of the knee or the outside of the knee. And just gently take your, take your knee in a circle, like you're drawing a circle with your knee. And you can imagine your, this great, lovely, long bone, the femur, your thigh bone, longest bone in your body. It's sitting in the, your hip joint, at the head of your femur. It's a very nice ball and socket joint. It can go all over. And it's like you're tracing a cone with your knee. So the point, the apex of that cone, is right in your hip joint, right at the place where the head of your femur sits in your pelvis. And your whole femur is drawing out a cone in space because your knees making a circle a circle in the air and at the same time that kind of cone gets smaller and smaller and smaller the point of the cone is right in your hip joint so you're really curious to feel where exactly is the point of that cone what's this cone shaped like and can I make this cone really like a circle where the knee goes, not kind of a jaggedy uh, hexagon or something, which is probably more what it feels like at the beginning, like it goes really far in one direction really easily, and then it circle gets cut off on another side. Just look for a real circular shape with your knee as you go around, holding onto it pretty lightly so that you don't restrict anything. You're just really using your hands to guide it in a circular motion. And maybe you feel a little bit of shifting of weight back and forth in your pelvis, it's okay. But you're feeling more for that, um, where that point of the cone is.
And turn that circle around with your knee. Go in the other direction. Try it in the other direction. And then leave that and put your left foot standing on the floor again. So both your feet are standing on the floor. Feel how your left foot stands now and makes contact compared to your right. And then again, explore this clock. Do the clock. Roll your pelvis up to 12 and take it towards 3 o'clock. Go clockwise around the clock. And feel what that's like now. Feel if going around the left side of your clock feels different or clearer in some way than it did before you um, tried this with your left knee? Does it become any easier for your left knee to stay standing over your foot? Maybe a little bit pumping up and down, but not going from side to side? Has that become more clear? And then leave that and stretch out and take a rest. And then again, bend your knees and stand your feet. And bring your right knee up over your chest and take hold of your right knee or the pant leg, whatever you can get a hold of with your hands, and take your right knee. Make this cone with your right knee. You feel the point of the cone in your right hip joint and trace as clear and circular a circle as you can make it. So... Mostly at the beginning, you'll just be noticing all the ways in which it's not a circle. It's more like a teardrop shape or a funny pentagon or a unnameable something or other. And gradually let it become more and more circular, sort of cut off the sharp edges. You might have to make it smaller to make it more circular. Going slowly. And turn that circle around, go in the other direction.
And then put your right foot down, and both your feet are standing again. Roll your pelvis up towards 12 o'clock, and now start to do the clock in a counterclockwise direction towards 9 o'clock. Around to the bottom of the clock towards 6. And thinking about if your knees don't go from side to side, where do they go? As you go to 9 o'clock, to the weight being behind your right hip joint, does your left knee get a little bit longer? And as you go towards 3 o'clock, does your right knee get a little bit longer? And that's a pattern that might be emerging as clear. It might still not be clear. You can just notice for yourself. Don't uh, pressure yourself to feel it before you feel it because you'll feel it when you do feel it, and then it will be yours. But if you sort of try to invent it when you're not feeling it yet, then you're not there yet, so don't bother doing that. Every question I ask you about do you feel this or that, if the answer is no, then that's the best answer. You'll feel it when you feel it. Great. Okay, and leave that. Stretch out your legs. Take a rest. So considering that we're all about the knees for the next little while, we're going to spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about our hips and thinking about our ankles because there's pretty well nothing you're ever going to do with your knees that isn't going to involve really a kind of timing and coordination of folding and unfolding of your hip and your ankle and all the little funny, fine, and interesting things your knee can do involve funny, fine, and interesting things your ankle can do and your hip and your low back and of course head and neck take that for granted but this is where we're going to put our focus so bend your knees and stand your feet again and begin now to lift your forefeet off of the ground so that your weight shifts back onto your heels and do it both feet at once lift your forefeet off to lift move the weight back onto your heels and then put your feet down again just lift and go down again and as you do that, feel how your ankle's folding in the front. So you don't just think of this as the goal is to lift your front feet off the floor, but you think of what are you doing in your ankles to get you there. Where are you folding in the front of your ankles so that you can move your weight back towards your heels? And if you were going to roll your pelvis at the same time that you did this, would you roll your pelvis towards 6 o'clock or towards 12 o'clock? Try each option. And now it's your turn to slow yourself down enough so that you can feel that. 
Don't just do it once, but several times. Try one of the options slowly. Rolling your pelvis towards 6 o'clock as you lift your forefoot. Or rolling your pelvis towards 12 o'clock as you lift your forefoot. Bend your ankle. And then leave that, just pause for a moment, stay in the same configuration, but rest for a moment. And now this is going to be a little less straightforward. Can you lift both your heels from the ground so that your weight goes towards the front of your foot or the ball of your foot? And you might not even realize that in a way you're bending your ankles in the back above your heel or in from your heel. Bending your ankles in the opposite direction. Opening your ankle joint at the front. And where is it folding in the back? And where does your weight come forwards on your foot? Does it come onto the whole ball of your foot or more towards the big toe? Or it's a really interesting place we're going to get to know in the next few weeks. It's between your big toe and your second toe. It's a very interesting place. So your weight come more towards there. And then again, you can ask yourself this question. If you're going to roll your pelvis to 12 o'clock or roll your pelvis to 6 o'clock while you're doing this with your feet, which is it going to be? Try a few times rolling your pelvis up towards 12 o'clock as you shift your weight onto the balls of your feet. And try a few times rolling your pelvis towards 6 o'clock. As you roll, as you lift the heels and move towards the ball of your foot. And now go back and forth between lifting the ball of your foot and lifting your heel, shifting the weight towards the ball of your foot, shifting the weight towards your heel, folding your foot in the front of the ankle, folding in the back of the ankle. And roll your pelvis, roll your pelvis up towards 6 o'clock while you go into the ball of your foot. Up towards 6 o'clock, what am I saying? Up towards 12 o'clock. Down towards 6 o'clock as you go to your heel. Try that combination. And then try the opposite combination. Up towards 12 o'clock as you go into your heel. Down towards 6 o'clock as you go into your toes. And then leave that and stretch out a nice.
And then bend your knees and stand your feet again. And shift your weight under your foot now so that you're moving the weight towards the outside of both feet, lifting the inside of your feet. And then put them down again. And feel now it's the inside of your ankle that's folding. You're folding the inside of your ankle. Where does that folding happen? What's the kind of line of a crease? If you keep your knees standing, if you just open your knees while you do it, then there won't be any folding in your ankle at all. Keep your knees towards the ceiling, vertical, so your ankles go to the outside. The inside border of your foot lifts. Would you rather roll your pelvis towards 12 o'clock or towards 6 o'clock while you do this? Or does it connect? Try a few times rolling towards 12 o'clock as you lift the inside border. And then rolling towards 6 o'clock. And now lifting the inside border of your foot was probably relatively straightforward. Now can you lift the outside border of your foot? Roll the weight towards the inside border. Uh-huh. And you feel the outside of your ankle folds now. It's where the angle gets, you get more of an angle, the outside of your ankle. And can your knees stay more or less standing over your feet? So it's really your ankle bone tracking to the inside. Pretty interesting things have to happen in your knees and the relative movement to the two bones of your lower leg. And if that's going to happen, it's your whole hamstrings, your pelvis, everything has to change. Let that happen. This might be relatively not so clear, but we'll do some things over the next few weeks that get clearer. And when you're doing this, do you want to take your pelvis towards 12 o'clock or towards 6 o'clock? Try it a few times quietly each way. Maybe you notice a big difference or maybe it doesn't feel like there's a big difference like you could do either. Okay, great. And leave that, stretch out and take a rest. Bend your knees and stand your feet. And now start to take one foot towards 
the weight towards the forefoot, lift the heel from the floor while you take the other foot and lift the forefoot and take weight. Take your weight and the one foot towards your forefoot and the other foot towards your heel. So you lift the heel on one foot and lift the forefoot on the other foot. And then switch. Go to the other foot. The heel down and the forefoot raised. You alternate. You feel where your knees go as you do that. And then stay with your left heel on the ground and your right forefoot. And roll your pelvis up to 12 o'clock and begin now to make the circle of the pelvic clock keeping your left heel and your right forefoot as your points of contact for your feet with the ground. And what parts of the clock become accessible now and what parts become less easy to get to, less clear? And turn the clock around and go in the other direction. Keep your feet the way they are. Turn the clock and go in the other direction. And then leave that, put your feet flat on the ground, stretch out your legs, take a rest. And then once again, bend your knees and stand your feet. And this time now, lift your right forefoot so your right heel's on the ground and your left heel, so your left forefoot's on the ground. So it's your right heel and left forefoot. And with that combination, start to make the clock, trace out the clock with your pelvis, with your right heel and your left forefoot. And notice with this combination with your feet in this position, where are you becoming the hours of the clock becoming more clear or less clear. And which of your feet do you feel is giving you a more secure sort of reference point or support as you do this? Is it more clear, the reference point, the support through your heel or through the ball of your foot? Through your left foot or through your right foot? Great. Okay, and leave that and stretch out and rest.
and then bend your knees and stand your feet. And with your knees standing over your feet, staying standing over your feet, roll your pelvis up to 12 o'clock. And then begin the clock again, going clockwise, starting clockwise to 3 o'clock. Let your knees stay over your feet instead of going from side to side. Maybe they go a little bit up and down. Piston kind of movement, but not the side to side waving movement. And feel now as you do this whole circle around your clock. Feel the relative movement of your knees, where your knees move to, the weight on the bottom of your feet, where the weight travels on the bottom of your feet as you do the clock. Turn the clock around and go in the other direction. and leave that and stretch out. And just take a moment to scan over and feel what has changed in your contact with the floor in the last hour in this, uh, how your legs rest, how much your feet are pointed towards the ceiling each foot, how the length of your back rests on the floor, how big that space is behind your low back. Maybe at the beginning of the lesson you chose a certain number of cushions or folded blankets or something or folded towels to put under your head. And maybe at the end, oh, it feels different. You could use fewer cushions under your head. Just feel what's different at the end of this last hour of exploration. And then when you're ready, your own time, roll to your side and come up to sit. And come up to stand. And just before you do much walking around, just in standing again, bend your knees slightly. A little bit of a bending of your knee and feel how they track over your feet. And they're going in a slightly different direction. Is that bending a little bit easier? Just a small bend. Are they going as much towards the inside as they were at the beginning or tracking a bit differently? And just once you've felt that, then go ahead and take the experience for a walk a little bit. Just walk around and see how you're feeling. Don't worry about picking stuff up yet or... If you can go without your glasses, go without your glasses. If you really want them, go ahead and pick them up. And see if you notice anything different in your stride and how you walk, how you see the world around you.